Good morning and welcome to For Fantasy Sake, presented by Mobile Party Experience, the premier source for all your tailgating needs in the Quad Cities. As always, I'm DJ Jarvis. We got a little bit of a different look today. Uh, right now, I'm joined by Nick the Leakful Weapon Girl. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me. All right. All right. And uh, we should be joined by his uh, Monday Night Hammer cohort, Michael Sicoli. We'll come up with a good nickname for him while we wait. Yeah, um, yeah. How's it going yeah, this morning, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, uh, excited to uh, talk, talk a little bit of football. Uh, week 14, shaping up to be an interesting one. Um, I, I, the last couple of weeks, uh, everyone's been kind of right about uh, who's going to play well and stuff. I, I, I get a feeling this week that we're going to be wrong about a lot of things. So <laughs> it, when, that, when that happens, it's always fun. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you, they had mentioned it this morning on the, uh, the ESPN pod or cast. Uh, for the first time in, in majority fantasy football, first time ever we're having regular season matchups in week 14. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, a lot of people probably have a pretty good sweat today, uh, uh, win and in situations. Um, so, um, yeah, hopefully we can help some people out. Yeah, absolutely. Not to uh, not to pat my own back in my one league that uh, starts starts playoffs week thirteen. I am in the playoffs. You guys might have heard of it. It's called the Scott <laughs> Bowl. It's kind of a big deal. Okay, there we go. Uh, Doug and I both. Uh, made the playoffs this year. Uh, my team wasn't, isn't real great. Just kind of been able to, to grind out uh, some W's uh, on the back of Travis Kelsey and Dallas Goddard in the tight end premium format. So yeah, there we go. There we go. If, if you watched last week, I did, uh, I did have a pretty good Dallas Goddard call. I said that he'd, he'd be tight end one, which was uh, looking pretty good <laughs> until George Kittle decided to, to finally yeah. have a big game. Yeah, Kittle was my I know my call last week, and it was nice to see him finally get involved um, a little bit more in the passing game. And um, for those of you that are tuned in already, today's going to look a little different. Um, we're going to talk a little quarterback and tight end, and then we're going to have an entire half hour talking DFS today. So I'm um, looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to you and Brian teaching me a little bit about fan, uh, DFS. So yeah, yeah. Today's a good. It's a it's a good DFS week because uh, I feel like people that aren't aren't in the playoff hunt or um, or haven't been for a while are probably pivoting uh, to DFS this week. So uh, like I said, hopefully we can help the people out. Yeah, if you can't can't uh, win your fantasy league, you might as well win a little cold hard cash. Exactly. I'm, I'm riding a little high. This is a usually played in your neck of the woods, but uh, I uh, put a little bit of uh, entertainment purposes on the under for an Army Navy yesterday, hoping that that there you go 15 year streak would keep going. And yep, we sweated it out a little bit, but we made it happen. It was close. It was close. The under hit. The under hit for sure. So I guess the 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 big name here, I'm I'm dropping all the way down, dropping all the way down. Let's talk about Taysom Hill a little bit. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Um, I, I think a lot of people think he can't really throw the ball. I mean, he's fine, um, uh, good enough. If he's on your waiver wire and you're you, you need someone to pick up, go get him right now. Uh, he runs the ball. He's a very fantasy friendly quarterback. He's playing the Jets like. There's a not there's not a whole lot lot that can go wrong here. I guess the path to him failing is that they just give the the ball to Kamara thirty plus times and all the offense kind of flows through him, which I kind of like Kamara this week a lot too. Um, but I mean, just 
just attack the Jets, attack Houston, attack the Jags, and then print money. That's <laughs> that's basically what we do here. Absolutely. And yeah, they that's the rare thing with Taysom Hill. And I think we talk about this a lot when you get out of like the Lamar Jackson areas is guys like Taysom Hill, guys like Taylor Heineke, just because they're not, you know, don't have a ton of arm talent, don't put up glorious passing numbers. Mm -hmm. They're giving you extra points with their legs. Even if you consider, you know, last, last week, Taysom Hill turned the ball over, had four, four interceptions and he mm-hmm. still got 22 points. He rushed for 100. Exactly, yeah. Points. Um 22 points in two two point pick leagues, but yeah. Um, so he if was, you're if you're an underdog and you like need to win, um yeah. and, and Taysom Hill sitting out there in one of your leagues, like go get him, you know. Um I, I think that's a very underrated statement. I was thinking about that a lot last week after you'd mentioned that on the show last week is how you set up your things um based on on what your potential to win the game is and i know a Mm -hmm. lot of websites you know espn gives you your percent of a chance to win yeah and that's that's based in some pretty good data honestly yeah yeah as does mfl they they've rolled that out and Mm -hmm. i actually really like that statement um you kind of you you put a lot of thought into that you know if your opponent had a lot of thursday night guys so if you played against dalvin cook or Najee harris yeah definitely it's definitely very relevant in your mind. But if you mm-hmm. really think about it, you know, fantasy football, a lot of times, you know, you get into leagues where you have the haves and haves nots. So you're kind of out there fishing for where your high, higher floors are too. And your higher ceilings. Yeah. When you're an underdog, you want to, you want to create chaos and Taysom yeah. Hill is a great, is a great <laughs> option. Taylor Heineke, Cam Newton, all these kind of like rushing quarterbacks that might not have the arm talent. Like they create chaos and uh, creating chaos in your lineup. It could flop, but I mean, you were probably going to lose anyway. So you might as well just go for broke, you know? Tell me a little bit about Cam Newton at nine here. Yeah. Atlanta is another, I, I should put Atlanta in that category with Houston, the Jags and the jets. They're just a dumpster fire right now. Like I think everybody's kind of checked out. I mean, they have their star player. Um, with mental health issues, he's he's probably just shelved for the season. It just seems like they've kind of checked out. Um, Carolina's at home. Cam Newton's an emotional guy. He loves playing in Carolina. If he gets going early, like, it could be a big Cam Newton game. So I have him all the way up at nine um, ahead of Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow, which that that might that might turn some heads. Um, but he's got that rushing floor. He should, he should probably uh, – I mean, he's going he's gonna to get his number called down at the goal line a couple times probably. Like, just – I mean, Cam Newton. I mean, here we are, week 14. I think we're sitting in a situation, too, where you're looking at those top six, eight quarterbacks, and those are guys Mm -hmm. we're definitely starting, and all those guys have the potential to be QB1, so you're kind of trying to Mm -hmm. fish. Like like you said, you're you're hitting, trying to hit those points somewhere else where your opponent might not Mm -hmm. really grab them. One one quarterback here that people might disagree with is Lamar Jackson. He's kind of had a, a a pretty down few weeks. Um, no one wants to really play him um, in DFS, uh, and rightly so. I mean, he's also playing Cleveland for the second time in three weeks, and typically, like the second game in the division is a little bit lower scoring um, for these quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you got to lock him in. He's just got such a high floor. These these games can just go absolutely nuts. Um, the one thing that would make me nervous with Lamar, but again, I don't think that you're in a situation where you're not playing him. Obviously in DFS, it's a little different because you're, you're playing with cash is the only thing that gives me pauses. 
when they played the last time he had those four picks. And yeah. I know that was a Monday night, a little bit of extra juice, but it does mm-hmm. make me a little nervous. Yeah, and I think Jackson's the type of quarterback that um uh he he kind of like in those in those prime time slots. I don't know if there's a narrative out there right now. Like sometimes he doesn't really show up in the big games, uh specifically with the playoffs and stuff. And you, you listen to him talk after after his first playoff win last year, like it was a big relief for him. So it's definitely yeah. on his mind. I think he just shows up uh for a one PM game and just and just <laughs> does does Lamar Jackson stuff. So I'm excited about him this week. So I, I know I love to talk about about my team. Tell me a little bit about uh, Carr against Kansas City. He didn't look very good the first time they played, mm-hmm. um, but he's looked good in other games. I mean, he's been. I, I wish Sakoli was here to tell me I'm stupid, but Derek Carr. Uh, it's a scary one. I do have him up here at 15 ahead of. Uh, uh, I mean, the guys he's ahead of though. I mean, right. The, the back right, absolutely. The, the, the back end of the QB two picture is pretty bleak. Um, I would, I would, I think Derek Carr is like the last quarterback that I'm like excited to play, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, against Kansas City, uh, second game in the division, so that's that's a ding on him. But otherwise, like Kansas City's going to put up points at home. It's just a matter of uh, can Derek Carr keep up, and right. the volume is going to be there because he's going to have to throw the ball. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I like that game. And I, I think like they'll be competitive enough. I mean, I, I I'm sure you know like like uh, Las Vegas, the Raiders, like they yeah. know Kansas city better than a lot of people. The first time they played, they got absolutely embarrassed at, and they're the only team that seems to have not figured out how to kind of shut down Kansas city. Um, I don't think they'll shut them down at um, on the road at Kansas city. I think they'll just kind of line up and play their defense and let Patrick Mahomes do what he wants. And hopefully he can, he can, uh, he can put up some points on the way back. And your hope is you out, you just outscore them. Yeah, uh, I will. I will note two things that have uh, come out since uh, right as we were starting. Legereus Sneed's been downgraded to out cornerback uh, mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. Uh, bad situation, family situation there with him. Um, his brother uh, was killed, quote oh, unquote, um, over the weekend. And then uh, Tony Pollard is officially out for the day. Yeah, yeah, that's that's big. Those are. Couple of big pieces of news there. Another one is uh, JD McKissick. Um, it was hopeful that he'd clear concussion protocol. It's looking like he's out, um, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later, especially when we talk DFS stuff because that's a that's a that's a big piece of news for DFS this week. So we'll talk a little bit of tight ends here. We're going to condense that a little bit uh, since we're going to mm-hmm. talk so much DFS. So I mean, pretty standard week uh, as far as uh, rankings for tight end. It's kind of funny we're now in the situation where. TJ Hawkinson down here at number 10. Yeah, he's actually – we need to fix this because he's actually out. Um, he, he is out? Yeah, he, he's oh, out with a hand injury. Um, okay. So, so knock him out of the rankings. Um, there is an interesting one. If you have TJ Hawkinson and you're desperate, uh, Brock Wright is his backup. Uh, he's, uh, he's from the tight end factory of Notre Dame. Uh, ran a 4-6-40. He's an athletic guy. I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of people – to throw the ball to um, on the road at Denver, who's got a pretty good defense. I'm Denver's just going to absolutely steamroll them. So if you're desperate, go get TJ Hawkinson. If none of these other guys are out on the waiver wire, which I doubt they are um, uh, go, go get Brock, right? He's a good plug and play and just hope, you know, I mean, you might be able to find Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper on your, your yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin Hooper projects really well this week. Yeah, Evan Ingram's one of those guys I just cannot quit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
where where I, I know that I had hit that cheat sheet uh, that you had you had created. What what's yours? And I know we'll obviously talk about this guy a little bit more next segment. But what are you thinking about Foster Moreau this week? Uh, Foster Moreau, uh, no one's gonna no one's no one's gonna be excited about playing him, but the volume's gonna be there. You know, uh, he kind of let everybody down last week as like kind of the really popular cheap tight end play. Um, Foster Moreau, I, I, you know what? I'd, I'd plug him right in there at ten. You know, um, I'm, I'm gonna bump him up a little bit. I'll plug him in there at ten, and uh, and because uh, I, I, the volume's gonna be there and. And I mean, they have Hunter Renfro, they have Josh Jacobs getting targets now, and they have Foster Morell. The offense is going to flow through those guys. Brian Edwards is a non-factor, unfortunately. unfortunately um, yeah, I was sure. I was really excited about him as kind of like a sneaky like dynasty draft pick, but it's just not working out. Maybe maybe next year. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, Foster Morell is going to be a big part of that offense, and they're going to have to throw the ball. So I, I do like a little bit of. Uh... I like Deshaun Jackson a little bit in this game. So Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. But but that'll definitely open up windows for Moreau as well. Um, mm-hmm. as a as a Waller manager, um, disappointed to see him out, but as somebody who um, probably has the number two seed wrap wrapped up, I'm tied with the tiebreaker playing against the worst team in the league this week. I might lose probably the Yeah. I don't want yeah. to pat my back, but as a as a manager who's got a playoff spot wrapped up, I'm kind of happy that he's not playing because mm-hmm. he'll be healthier next week or the week after, whatever. Yeah, two two interesting kind of uh, uh, rankings here is Dawson Knox in that Tampa Bay game that's just going to put up so many points. Um, he's interesting this week. Uh, Dalton Schultz is another one that um, is interesting Um, at Washington. uh, I think the Cowboys are going to have to run the ball. I actually took Washington money line, um, uh, which uh, like that's, that's a, that I don't really bet with my gut because I'm an idiot. (laughs) The numbers say to bet Washington money line. um, It's about a 60% chance that they win. um, And there's pretty good, pretty good odds on that. So there's one for the, for the people out there. If you, if you want to put a money line bet out there today. Might have to uh, check that out after we, after we jump off of here today. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our quarterbacks and our tight ends. Obviously, if you have any questions, uh, we'll be answering those at, towards the end of the show. Feel free at any point time to pop into the, into the live stream comments, send us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, email, text me, text. Yeah. Me, text send me a letter. <laughs> yeah. Send, send them a fax, you know, anything like that. We love answering your questions. It's our favorite part about the show. Um, on the other side, we're going to have, uh, we're going to join, be joined by Brian. And, uh, but right now, Nick, I got a question for you. Yeah. What's that? We love fantasy football here. We just love it. Mm-hmm. It's a very good Sunday thing, but do you know what football fanatics in the quad cities love more than their Sunday football? I'm actually not sure. Is it that, that pizza you were telling me about? It, it's close. It's close. And it's probably a second favorite, but they love tailgating and partying before, during, and after their there favorite college football games. And I know that, you know, we had Army Navy. We talked about that. That hit the under, you know, yesterday. Big deal. But we're right into college basketball season. Illinois had a big game yesterday. That was great. And you know what? Mobile Party Experience has your hookup for all your tailgating needs for that as well. And Mobile Party Experience offers solutions for all types of party throwers and goers. They have towable trailers that offer music, TVs, 
gaming, private bathrooms with running water, flushable toilets, beverage dispensers, coolers, grills and utensils, tables, chairs, and tents. They have all the amenities you could want or need to host tailgate, party, or event. Find them on their website, my-mpx.com, or on their Facebook at Mobile Party Experience. Sunday's still the best day at Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar and Grill. While your favorite Jamokes aren't on the deck talking fantasy football, they're still one of the best places in the Quad Cities for your football viewing pleasures. Their back deck is, is ready to go for football season. The side is up. The sides are up, the heat is on to protect you from Mother Nature where you can enjoy the Bears, Packers, or any of your favorite out-of-market teams. If outside isn't your thing, you can head on into their remodeled inside bar area and watch NFL Sunday Ticket on their numerous screens and play their adult video games. I hear they have the loosest slots in the Quad Cities. That's Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar and Grill, 1228 30th Street in Rock Island, the non-bubble home of Fort Fantasy's sake. Football season, we're, we're getting the end it, to the end here, guys. But if you spent Sundays watching football anywhere but Van's Pizza Pub and Grill, you've been doing it wrong. Van's Pizza Pub and Grill, 3333 North Harrison Street in Davenport, is the best place to catch all of your favorite games. And there's still time to make it part of your Sunday football routine. Start your meal off with their famous McGuire's Original Nachos or Breddy Nuggets. Then ask about one of their original QC-style pizzas. Or be your own quarterback and call an audible and create your own. The Vans crew will be sure that your play call hits pay dirt every time. Vans Pizza Pub and Grill, 3333 North Harrison Street in Davenport. Come get served. And now we're joined by Brian Diehard Craighead. How you doing, (laughs) Brian? Good. How are y'all, gentlemen? We're good. We're good. Go Steelers. Another Steelers fan. What is this? Is that, yeah, is that I was I was proud for my birthday. Jersey? I just got a Deontay Johnson jersey, so he's yeah, my favorite nice. player. And kind of a rough week, thir- well, th- rough night Thursday night, but still. Oh man, they just didn't show up for the first half. It's just yeah, I couldn't understand. I- I'm guessing that it's something to do with- for an old man, Big Ben, and yeah. a three or four day layoff. But I just anticipated that thirty. Nope. We lost him. All right, he'll be back. <laughs> so I'll ask my my favorite question of the day. We'll start with you, Brian, and then we'll go to Nick. Who are we stacking this week? Well, I mean, I, I've kind of got a contrarian stack out there for you. I would go with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara as an interesting stack. Um, I know last year they had, they had a little bit of uh, d- reduction in regards to Kamara's production with Hill in there. But I think with both of them possibly being a touchdown opportunity, I, I, I kind of like that inexpensive stack. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with the you. The higher stack, I, I'm also. Oh. Nick, who, who are you going with today? Um, so I like the, I like Taysom Hill a lot. Um, it'll be pretty unique to stack him with Kamara. There's the narrative out there is that uh, he doesn't throw the ball to Kamara. Um, but the la- they, they do have a game on, on, on the stat sheet of uh, – Taysom Hill targeting Kamara 10 plus times. So um, definitely, definitely an interesting stack for sure. I'm with you there. How are you guys bringing that back or, or, or are you? I mean, I know. It's I, don't, I don't love to bring back, but if I brought anybody back, it'd be Jamison Crowder. Just, yeah. just, just because Elijah Moore's out, basically every other running back's back out. So 
Yeah, Jamison Crowder, I mean, he kind of burnt some people a couple weeks ago. Um, but that was with uh, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson in the lineup, Elijah Moore in the lineup. Uh, I mean, the, the offensive volume is going to have to go somewhere. They're not going to be able to run the ball on the Saints, so he'll probably get 10 targets. The, the only other option you could have for, for dump downs is Ty Johnson, but I would rather go Crowder. So. Yeah. I'll tell you my insanity-driven stack this week was is – is Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro. So that's my yeah, I mean, That's okay. That's definitely that's okay my... uh, if, you, if you want to save some uh, some salary. Um, yeah. And then bring it back with like Tyreek Hill or, or, or Travis Kelsey. A lot of people are going to want to play uh, – um, a lot of people are going to want to play uh, uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in a stack, but not a lot of people are going to go with Derek Carr. Where yeah, I like, I like Carr. Um, the, I heard y'all talking about Foster Moreau a little bit right yeah. right before I came on. Now I, I like Foster Moreau for volume, but DraftKings adjusted his price from I think like twenty seven hundred last week to oh, to thirty nine. I think on the top of my head this week. Four. I'm not sure I love his Four. value, but I, I do think he'll be active. Yeah, he's four K flat. Yeah, yeah. On DraftKings, like Foster Moreau is interesting because he kind of burned everybody last week, so no one wants to play him. Where, where are we kind of saving some cash? Well, for me, the big cash saver is with um, Keenan Allen out. I'm a Jalen Guyton guy this week, $3,400. $3, and along with that, they've got – you know, Mike Williams is playing as far as I know. I'm pretty sure they activated him yesterday. Yeah, he's playing. So the other half of that would be Jared Cook getting, getting some production. So between those two guys, you're only spending $6,600 for – Basically, you know, Austin Eckler, of course, will be involved. But you're spending some potential upside because I don't think the matchup matters. It's a good one, but Herbert's going to get his numbers regardless. So, yeah, they pass the ball just so much. Um, I think Mike Williams' A dot's going to come down a little bit, which is good for him. Uh, when he was crushing early in the season, um, he was getting a lot more targets, kind of closer to the line of scrimmage, which is like that's great. Uh, he's got. Uh, uh, Joe Lombardi, which a former Saints offensive coordinator uh, with Mike Thomas. He's going to get a lot of those Mike Thomas type looks, which are a really high percentage. Um, I, I, it's kind of a coin flip for me between Jalen Guyton and uh, Josh Palmer's the other guy to look out for. Um, Palmer's a, a bit cheaper. And uh, so if you need the $400 savings on DraftKings, I, I find myself landing on him more often than Guyton. That, that makes perfect sense. Like you said, they've both got an equal opportunity. The only reason I went personally with Guyton is Guyton had a big week last week. And yeah, you know, it's kind yeah. of been there, done that philosophy for me. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we, we were talking a little bit before we went live, Nick and I were, um, how random of a, a week it is uh, at running back. What are you guys kind of looking at running back-wise this week? Oh, my two favorites for kind of an average value. I think Javante Javante Williams is still way underpriced, at, and then along with that, I'd go with Antonio Gibson. Yeah, yeah. I, what, with the numbers and stuff, like you can't really build a lineup without Antonio Gibson right now, just because, especially if JD McKissick was announced out, like he's going to be in every every down player again. Um, he delivered last week in that role. Um, I don't know why DraftKings didn't move his price up. I guess they they're assuming that they were assuming that JD McKissick would play this week. Um, but yeah, he's severely underpriced. Another one is uh, severely underpriced is Jeff Wilson. It's a little shakier because um, Hasty is active, and, and uh, that that could be like a sixty forty split. But even at a sixty forty split at forty four hundred, it's just a smash. Like just plug and play. Um, 
a couple others, uh, if, if you're like, those are the cheaper guys I like. Um, a couple other people I like. Um, I'm with you on Javante Williams as well, underpriced for, for um, he definitely earned a little bit more work over Melvin Gordon after last week. Um, but um, I really like Austin Eckler um, as, as one of the higher price guys um, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, Buffalo's run defense has been gashed by good offensive running schemes, and I think Tampa Bay is one of those. Um, I think the, the idea out there is that Buffalo's run defense is tough if they're not. They're not a good run defense, so. Yeah, I think um, we saw that last week. That was pretty embarrassing to have three pass attempts. Or what was it, three pass attempts, two completions? Yes, uh, Star Latulier is, is out too. Is there um, anywhere we're looking at uh, – I, I tried to save some money with this guy because he's literally like the bottom rung um, option here, and I know you guys hate the Jets, but are we looking at Walter at all? No. I, I don't like him. Talking about for the Jets. Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't know. I'm a Ty Johnson guy. I know if I have to choose not. either one, I'm going Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was a fluke. So, so Ty Johnson's the same exact price as Jeff Wilson. I just, if I'm, if I'm paying down, uh, I'm going to eat the chalk with Jeff Wilson and get, get unique elsewhere. Um, I mean, the Saints run defense is just really good and the Jets are bad. That's just, yeah. that's it. <laughs> So we're gonna, Walter, he didn't seem to do much at catching the ball to the backfield last week. So I, I wouldn't trust either one of them, like you said. What I mean, I feel like Walter Walter kind of feels like that. Like you'll see him pop in a, a million dollar winning lineup, but like uh, I just, I'm just not going to get there. <laughs> he reminds me of that and that Chiefs running back. What was it? Gore? Is that was that his name? That uh, yeah. bounced up one week and you haven't heard from him again. Yeah, Derek yeah. Gore. The funny thing, when he bounced up, I had literally just cut him from my roster in one league. So mm-hmm. one of my deeper leagues. So let's put a pin in DFS and we'll go to the commercials and then we'll come back here. So all right, sounds So located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street and Moline, Clinch Draft House Pizza and Grill is home of some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sundays, there's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up 75-cent wings and $4 Bloody Marys all day. And your favorite team playing in those out-of-market games? You'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and bloody fix, finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous Quad City-style pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spitting QC-style pies for the last 22 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill, 7th Street. Kid Moline. Who doesn't need a solid handcuff on their fantasy squad? Grab a bite to eat at Clint's Draft House while watching the noon games? Then head on over across the Moline Rock Island border to the corner tap for some libations during the 3 o'clock games. Every Sunday is fun day at the corner with $3 Tall Boys, Bloody Marys, Jack Daniels, and $2 PBR drafts. Head, in, in, head into the corner tap, 4018 14th Avenue, Rock Island, and get into the end zone. Hey guys, another nation heard up from. We've got Michael Home Alone Sicoli joining us. Home Alone, what's up, buddy? Oh, oh man, what? internet seems to be an issue. There he is. What's up, Mike? <laughs> Coming in hot. You guys not quite, love not, not quite the Chris Collinsworth slide you were predicting, but yeah, uh, we got him here. This, we. Chris Collins were a slide and then he let me down. He, he's having the same connection issues I was at first. So yeah, you guys love how I've used three Christmas movies that aren't really Christmas movies to 
to go with the uh, I think alone, lethal weapon and, and uh, die I miss, I miss a die hard. There we go. Yep. Yep. I don't blame you. That's the way to go right now. We're st- we still got a couple weeks for Christmas, so yeah. <laughs> so I guess my other favorite question with the stack is who are we definitely I know Nick had referenced uh, Antonio Gibson. But who are we definitely putting in our lineups? Who are, who sitting in you know a hundred percent of our our lineups this week? Being honest, I, I get I get my inexpensive contrarian stack, but my favorite stack of the week is actually Dak and CD. So I, mm-hmm. my my lineup build would be Dak, CD, and Gibson as as the comeback player. So yeah, so um, I, I play I like to play tournaments. Um, in in my like cash lineups, I'm just I mean I'm locking in Eckler and Gibson. Um. And then figuring out salary elsewhere because you can kind of save in other spots. Um, paying down a tight end. Um, um, the uh, I, I really like uh, just Cowboys in general. For some reason, they're coming in a little bit. They're not coming in very popular. Um, I, I definitely am going to play a Dak CD Amari Cooper stack or a Dak CD Schultz stack. But um, I'm kind of sprinkling in Amari Cooper just in my lineups in general, um, uh, especially with uh antonio gibson so you got to tell a story right so i i uh i bet money line washington the computer says to bet the money line the spreadsheets and if that's the case if if washington gets up early and is 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 clocking it with uh antonio gibson that means that uh the cowboys are gonna have to throw the ball so amari cooper should get there so i'm playing a lot of antonio gibson with amari cooper in the same lineup that makes a lot of sense um i think like you said schultz schultz could be that reverse player you could take him for a little bit cheaper value too. So I, I, I do like the Cowboys a lot this week for whatever reason. Yeah, definitely. What about where we, where are we going? If we're not stacking um, a lineup, where are we going a quarterback? Well, I mean, I actually, just because he'll probably be trailing, I'm assuming to the chiefs. I don't mind Derek Carr to be perfectly honest. He's sitting, I think at 5,900 off the top of my head. It's either 59 or six. I don't, I don't mind him at all. And then I've mentioned him already as part of my stack. I don't think he can watch the game. He may, but even last week with four interceptions, Taysom Hill scored twenty-seven point seven fantasy points, which is amazing to me. You can throw four interceptions and still score almost thirty points. So, if if you had a, a little stronger stomach, Cam Newton is not the absolute worst, but I wouldn't particularly take him. So, yeah, I think uh, for me, it's it's Taysom Hill. Lock him into your cash game lineup. You don't need to stack him. Just kind of get the rushing and um, hope he dumps some things off. And Alvin Kamara does the rest. I I, I kind of like Cam Newton in tournaments. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to play him. Um, you can you can stack him with DJ Moore and then bring it back with one of Cordero Patterson, Russell Gage, or Kyle Pitts. Like a, it's it's like a, you got you got to have a strong stomach for that one. But you can kind of play that, and then you don't really have to worry about ownership for uh, for the rest of your lineup just because that's going to be so so unique so here's a an update i know we're not playing any of those schools anyway but um david johnson's been put on the reserve covid list for mm-hmm. uh, how does that kind of affect i know we're not playing rex burkett i can't even name another running back there but what what does that look like there well i, mean, I actually kind of like him just i mean I, I don't even see how i like him at all but rex burkett to me is, is a play here and like I said, I don't even know how I liked him, but when I was building all of all of my DraftKings and DFS stuff, I actually had him written down as a pivot play. But now that just increases his his role. So, 
Yeah, I'm just taking a look here as things update um, with that news. Um, Royce Freeman plays running back there as well, apparently. Yeah. They're, they're home against Seattle. I don't know, man. It seems, uh, it seems tough. <laughs> He's 4,600. I, I, if Jeff Wilson wasn't on the slate, I'd be, I'd be interested, I think. But I just don't know that, uh, that I'm going to go there. We'll see. One, does anybody know the current Vegas line on that? Last time I saw it Friday, it was like 10 plus. I got you here. What do you, what, what do you guys think um, about Josh Jacobs this week? I, know I really like Jacobs. He was, the, he was yeah. one of my stronger, stronger plays outside of Gibson and Williams. Yeah, he's pretty popular. I kind of wish he, he wasn't. I'd be I'd be all over him um, if he wasn't. He's kind of popping up in the model a little bit. Uh, he's he's got a workhorse role. Um, he's finally getting the pass down work. Talented running back. Uh, I think the Chiefs kind of they want you to kind of give uh, to, to to beat them on their on the ground. So um, yeah, Josh Jacobs is is a really good play this week. Seahawks for minus nine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that Seahawks team to me, they just, I mean. You can't love the Texans, but that nine just seems a little bit too high to me. Davis Mills is the quarterback. I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I, I think, I, I think you're uh, fading just the Houston Texans in general, even when there's like volume to be had in that offense. Like, it's probably a pretty good idea. Yeah, when they're implied totals only sixteen, they're not, they're not a high, high, they're not a real difficult fade for most of the lineup, like you said. Can you guys see how Sicoli's frozen down there? Like, can you see the the like? The oh, uh, he's not on my screen. Oh, okay, he's like frozen like this with his hand in front of his face. It's quite humorous to me. Yeah, I can't see it. <laughs> so, what are you guys looking? I, I know that this is an ugly conversation every week, and I make Brian have it, and I made Nick have it last week. What are we looking at in that that DST? I know I often try to save some money down there, but what are you guys looking at? For cheap defense, was that the question? Yeah. I I don't know why I like them, but I actually have the Browns. And my favorite out of that would be, be the Panthers. at 20, I believe it's 2,800. So those are my two. And I'll be honest, I always try to build my whole lineup around cheap defense. I, I know there, there's – I do a show on Friday night, and some of them sometimes use the more expensive defenses. But I say value there because – that's where I'm going. Those two, and always under 3,200 or less. And this week, those are my two. Yeah, you you can play those. Um, I, I I don't really play the popular defenses in tournaments just because ownership doesn't really correlate all that well with um, defensive uh, outcomes. But uh, so where I'm where I'm going in tournaments more, um, those are the best plays on the slate. Carolina, Cleveland, and Seattle are the best plays on the slate. You can you can kind of get them at different price points, like 27, 2,800 for Cleveland and Carolina. And then you got to pay up a little bit more for Seattle. Um, but I really like um, uh, Baltimore uh, projects pretty well. Um, um, it's a road defense. So that kind of is kind of a little iffy, but uh, that's the defense I'm kind of paying down for. Um, and then if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm not going with Baltimore, I'm going all the way down and just punting. I'm just going to save, use, use defense as a salary saver. Sure. Yeah. Completely understand there. Um, I mean, what else? Where, where else? Tight end. Where, what are we looking at tight end wise? Are, are we spending up on 
on Kelsey Kittle Andrews, or are we kind of? I wish I could. I I never am able to do that one at all. So to me, like I mentioned earlier, one of my favorites is going to is going to be Jared Cook at thirty two hundred, and then it looks like Ricky Fields Jones. I mean, I guess it's past time for actors to be declared. So I'm assuming he's playing. He's at thirty six. If he doesn't play, Bates at at uh, three thousand or thirty two hundred for Washington. Washington always uses a tight end. It's just a matter of who's healthy. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Seals Jones is going to be active today. I haven't really been on him. I did mention in a write-up that I did Bates just because of that very um, idea that that the role, the tight end role in Washington is really valuable. Um, at thirty six hundred, it's not great value, honestly. Um, the position in general, all of the like high ceiling guys, Kelsey, Gronk, Kittle, Andrews, um, they're all going to be really um, under rostered. And that's just because it's, it's tough to pay up a tight end. Um, Gronk is going to catch a lot of ownership in tournaments just because people are going to stack that Tampa Bay Buffalo game. Um, I'm kind of with that as well. So I'm okay with, with uh, paying the 6K for Gronk, eating kind of the ownership there just because he's got a pretty high ceiling. Um, Kittle's interesting just because he had that big blow-up game and doesn't seem like a lot of people are going to play him this week. Um, Kelsey's always, always like – I, I have a good feeling that this week is like maybe a week where like last week where a, a big tight end game is going to kind of break the slate, you know? So if you want to be contrarian, uh, kind of be conscious about paying up at tight end. Otherwise the, the, where I'm going with tight end kind of in most of my lineups is um, I'm not going to play Hooper because he's too popular. Um, and there's a lot of ways he can fail. Jared Cook's popular as well. I'm probably going to stay away from him. Um, Gerald Everett's interesting just because, I mean, Seattle's going to be able to do whatever they want. Um, and the, the narrative out there is that he sucks, uh, cause he like fumbled the ball. He caused an interception. He just really, really messed a lot of things up last time he played. Um, uh, going back to the well with James O'Shaughnessy, O'Shaq Hennessy, uh, <laughs> he, he kind of burnt me, but he was not as bad as Foster Moreau. So I kind of gained some leverage there by playing him last week. Um, again, the ball's got to go somewhere in Jacksonville. Um, Trevor Lawrence seems to like to target his tight ends. And then, uh, one interesting one, I mentioned him earlier, Brock Wright, minimum 2,500. You can punt the position. Uh, and I mean, if, if the Lions are able to move the ball at all, I think Wright has a chance to score a touchdown. It's not pretty though. Not pretty. (laughs) Before, before we hit commercial and, uh, move on to, to running backs, wide receivers, um, who is one player that you think you're, we're going to see in that million-dollar lineup this week? For me, it's Jerry Judy or Julio Jones. No one's going to play them, and they have pretty pretty solid ceilings. I, I could agree with both those. I think I would I would lean Jones just just because maybe because just Brown is still out. So I think, I think I would lean him. And I don't think, I don't know if you can ever trust Bridgewater too, too much, even, even despite a great, great matchup this week. So mm-hmm. I would, I agree with Julio because Jacksonville can't stop anybody on the pass. So. Well, Brian, I appreciate you uh, joining us for DFS and we're going to see you here in about half hour. Sounds good guys. All right. Y'all have a good, good 30 minutes. All right. We'll see you here in a bit, Brian. All right. Sounds good. So I, I do want to mention um, we we are keeping in our thoughts, and I know 
Um, Brian and his family are kind of affected by this. Uh, we're keeping in the thoughts all the people who were affected by the uh, tornado that hit the Midwest um, over the last couple of days. Um, I've got some friends down in Edwards, Edwardsville, Illinois, who had the Amazon um, facility collapse. And um, Brian said he had been out of electricity for a while. And my wife's family lives in Arkansas. So we're definitely keeping all those people affected, as well as in a more football slash somber note um the family and the loved ones of demarius thomas who uh passed suddenly at 33 um i have a buddy who was really good friends with him so he was definitely my first thought when i saw that uh the other day so um definitely keep i know we love football we we but um you know those two things are going to be talked on almost every broadcast today so just keep those people in your thoughts as as we go and Let's make some money uh, this week and maybe make ourselves feel a little bit better. Um, yeah, but, that's good. But and keep, we're joined by Michael yeah. Home Alone Sicoli. Sicoli, absolutely. Yeah. Home Alone Sicoli. Where's Home that alone. from? Well, well, Nick was Lethal Weapon and uh, uh, Brian was Die Hard. So we're getting in the Christmas theme with Christmas movies that are kind of Christmas movies, but not really. Is Home Alone not really a Christmas movie? Oh, Home Alone's I mean, entirely. You can't say Home Alone is definitely a Christmas movie and then say Die Hard might not be. I mean, Die Hard, they were at a Christmas party. They were at a Christmas party, but Home Alone is centered around leaving for the holidays. The impetus for them leaving. He was going to visit his wife. It was a plot driver. It was a plot driver. Yeah. I just see when the... Aroma, the the atmosphere of the that uh that house is just as Christmassy as it is. It felt more Christmassy than Die Hard. There's but, a Christmas tree in Die Hard too. Yeah, but there were uh, cutouts of people silhouettes. You know, that's that's the next level. Actually, if you read the rule book, it's if you have silhouettes, it makes it a Christmas movie. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we've already spent too much time talking about that. Uh, we 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 have the the people need the takes. Um, uh, I got one for uh, Michael Sicoli here. Um, let's, let's, hit, let's, hit, let's hit this commercial real quick, and, and okay. then we'll, we'll we'll come burn his face. All right. So, while my words were hard to find recently, Bad Boys Pizza isn't hard to find, and they're now serving in three different locations. You guys don't know where any of these places are, but Moline, Davenport, and Downtown Davenport at River Music Experience. And their restaurant and bar stays open late, not only on the weekends, but weekdays too. Bad Boys specializes in Quad City style pizza and daily specials. So be sure to keep an eye out for those. They also offer food carryout and pizza delivery options at your convenience. They have a full bar at all three locations with 24 taps in Moline, 32 taps in Davenport, and 20 in downtown Davenport. They also host exciting events such as Quad City Storm Parties, NFL Sunday Ticket Giveaways, and other sports viewing parties. Bad Boys always has the coldest beer and the atmosphere is always welcoming. For great people, drinks, and Quad City style pizza, choose Bad Boys. Durham Remodeling has been serving the Quad Cities area since 1973. With nearly 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all your home improvement projects. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715.
It's Sunday Fun Day over at Frick's Tap. Iowa's second oldest bar is guaranteed to have your favorite team on one of their 13 TV screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. Get on into Frick's now where they will be joined by Smoked Out Smokehouse every Sunday. And boy, does that menu sound great. Barbecue smoked ribs, pork chops, wings, you name it, you can get it during your football game over at Frick's. So for Frick's sake, head into Frick's Tap, 1402 West 3rd Street, Davenport. All right, let's hot take us. Let's hot take Sicole. Yeah, Julio Jones, are you playing him today? Oh God, I I, I play him if I can. I, I if I can find another option, I'll find another option. He really, even when healthy, like we got to put the name you know aside here. He hasn't really done it this year. It's a single game with double digit points. That came against Seattle. Came against Seattle. I'm not I'm not overly impressed against Seattle and. While Jacksonville is a lovely matchup, he comes back. He's the lone dog in that offense. It's something. It's an offense that's been struggling. I think you can play him. I think you just have to temper expectations. This isn't the Julio Jones we've been expecting. Uh, Mike Williams is six thousand. Julio Jones is fifty four hundred. So I like him as a pivot off of Mike Williams, who is probably the most popular player on the whole slate. Um, but in a just head to head, Mike Williams is the better play. Um, so but, before we get into running backs, we do have a question for you guys. Yeah, what's up? Jordan Rangel, our resident uh, top fan, wants to know, how about them Vikings? The Vikings toyed with my emotions. I wrote that game off well early. Like, <laughs> first quarter, I wrote that off. And the Steelers tried their best. The, best, then... the best thing you could have done with that game is just gone to bed at halftime. But I did not. Yeah. I did yeah, not it, it wasn't worth my the heartache and the confusion that I had when Chase Claypool did whatever Chase Claypool did, but that's been talked about to no end. That yeah. Uh. So we've touched on quite a few of these guys already. Um, again, Cordero Patterson. Did did you ever think that at the beginning of the season we'd be sitting in Week 14 and Cordero Patterson's getting you into the playoffs? Uh, imagine I mean, drafting a running back this year. Just imagine <laughs> drafting a running back early. Could not be me. Uh, that's that's fantasy football for you. And, I mean, it, it definitely factored in with the whole Kelvin Ridley situation that was totally unforeseen. Uh, of, all of a sudden, his snaps started shooting up around that week five, the bye week mark. But even before that, he was just being used in the offense. It's something that we I think we have to consider of when we start seeing those early season blips, even for random breakouts like Cordell Patterson – when it comes with a coaching change, I think we need to start taking those a little bit more seriously. I didn't. It's something I missed on, and I thought it was going to be a blip. It's a third-year-old breakout, but you know, new coaches—they find their guys and they use them. Like even Jamel Agnew on the Jacksonville for a bit there. They yeah, found his guy. Yeah. Let's not ever credit Urban Meyer. Should be fired by next week. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that I know that you had touched on this in DFS as well, um, but I want you to kind of expand a little bit more because um, I'm trying to frame this. This guy was loved early on on this show, and we always had a rapid fire. Will Leonard Fournette score? And now we have Leonard Fournette as our RB3 for the week. Yeah, yeah. Leonard Fournette's an awesome play this week. Um He's going to have a lot of opportunities down near the goal line, probably. Um, I just I think this game is just going to shoot out like crazy. Um, he's going to be popular in DFS, uh, but rightly so. 
Um, he's got that three down workhorse role. He gets all the goal line touches. Gio Bernard is non-factor. Gio Bernard dropped a pass from Tom Brady and we've never heard from him again, um, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Um, yeah. What do you think about Lenny this week, Mike? I mean, it's his workload this year has been everything I didn't think he could get. I mean, he's caught six passes in four straight games, at least six passes. That's that's obscene for almost any running back, honestly. That's DeAndre Swift levels of usage. So you add that in with the offensive line, you add in with the offense, you add it in with the rushing workload he gets, and he's a locked-in play every week, um, which, again, the Fournette breakout is almost as surprising to me as the Cordell Patterson because – he looked toast last year to me, but yeah, he almost, got cut. Up, he almost got cut. I, he I did get he cut. <laughs> he did technically yeah. get cut. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the Buffalo defense has also been struggling like this. Uh, this is not the same red line defense that, you know, you're going to see in your fantasy matchup and go, Oh, you know, they've been run over. They got run over by Jonathan Taylor. They got run yeah, over last their their main, their nose, their nose. Was it a nose guard? I don't nose know. tackle. Yeah. Nose tackle. There we go. <laughs> Their nose tackle. Guys, remember, really for a... fantasy football guys, not real fantasy guys. Yeah, right. Not real football guys. Emphasis on the fantasy here. Yeah. So Star Latule is out, and he is kind of like the engine of their defense in terms of like what they do to stop the run. They weren't doing great with him. He's out this week. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a chance that Tampa Bay just runs all over them. Um, honestly. Are you are, are there any concerns for you down here at eleven with Connor with uh, Chase Edmonds looking to be back this week? I mean, last I saw, I think Edmonds is no lock to come back. I think they saw on Monday. I think they, the current report is on Monday they're going to see how he feels and they might activate him. Yeah. Um, I would expect him to come back, but I wouldn't expect him to get that workload he immediately got. And they've been playing. James Connor's been playing well, so I Very do well. think it's. Still, I think they're going to ease Edmonds in. So this week isn't as much a concern to me as much as a tough matchup against the Rams can be. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something to look out for going forward. Yeah, it's it's looking like I mean, he'll he'll be he'll be if he's active, it's kind of like as an emergency backup. He'll probably get like six to ten touches or so. But um, I would not worry about James Conner if Chase Edmonds is active. Although he probably gets bumped down a couple of slots. He's probably not an RB one with Chase Edmonds active, honestly. So we talked a little bit about this guy before the 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 show. Um, what are we looking at with uh, Sony Michelle? I know last week we kind of bumped him down because Henderson was playing, and then he kind he showed out. And so, what are we doing with him this week? Just lock him in. Uh, RB RB one usage. Um, I I don't know that the Rams are going to be able to run the ball a whole lot, so that's why he's not really in that top twelve. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a good play this week. So, down here at 17, I, I do have this guy on a roster. He, uh, what are our thoughts with Robinson? It's kind of a goofy situation this week. The goofy he's, situation. Uh, go ahead, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's puzzling for James Robinson. And it's no, to no fault of his own, no, to no fault of Trevor Lawrence. It's not even fault of the terrible offense the Jaguars find themselves in. It's all – Urban Meyer pulling him for no reason at all. He, like, remember, he spent a first-round pick to try to replace Robinson. Then he signed right. Carlos Hyde and insists Carlos Hyde's on the field. So, 
it's the floor is low because of what Urban Meyer can do to this running game because of the power he holds in the organization. Um, but all that being said, I think you still have to play him. He's been solid outside of the occasional dud. You just have to be aware that that could happen. You shouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer decides that Carlos Hyde should be the running back one on the week. Yeah, James Robinson, a little bit of squeaky wheel from the quarterback. So I think he's going to get more usage. They're not going to really play around with like a 70-30 split even. Like he's going to be in a lot. Um, So, I mean, I'm not going to play him in DFS, but uh, I mean, if I have him on a lineup, I'm definitely starting him with confidence um, over any of the waiver wire pickups this week. Yeah, obviously uh, we do know now that um, Pollard, Pollard's not in. Um, this week, what what are your thoughts here with uh, Dylan and uh, Aaron Jones? What's what's your your thoughts on that situation? I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be more of an even split now that Dylan has showed that he's just an absolute beast. Um, it's interesting that like so these rankings are based off of the numbers in the industry and and a lot of projections kind of being aggregated. It's uh-huh. interesting that AJ Dillon comes in so high and Aaron Jones comes in lower. Um, do we have any information about like is Aaron Jones like are they still easing him back in? Like what's what's going on with that? See, they have the they had the luxury of a week thirteen buy. So I'm actually a little bit surprised that Aaron Jones is as low as he is. I'm surprised it's AJ Dillon's as high as he is. Listen, Dillon got the rock, but that was also when Jones was being eased in. He you know, Jones only saw 49 percent of snaps uh in week ten and week eleven when he got hurt missed a week and then came back so he had a whole bye week to get back and i think this is kind of the time when start seeing aaron jones be the aaron jones we know and love so i'm i'm, mm-hmm. I'm playing him over Dylan if i have that option um i'm making an executive decision right here for everybody uh we're gonna flip-flop aaron jones and aj Dillon. we're just gonna do there that i support that yeah, the last the last news any news that i'm finding here on jones was just about him coming back, only having 10 touches, and then them using um, Dylan to salt out the clock against the Rams. So mm-hmm. um, nothing serious. Looks like he's um, come back pretty well from from that injury. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, flip-flop A.J. Dylan and Aaron Jones, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> we talked a little bit DFS segment prior um, about uh, Javante Williams. Anything you're – what are your feelings there? I know, I know your rankings kind of remove all, all logic, like all of your brain waves. Yeah. Like that, but um, so, so Mike Sicoli, uh had declared Javante Williams the future of the NFL last week, yeah. and he delivered. Oh, but Melvin Gordon's back this week, so that's why he's an RB two for me this week. As you can see, Melvin Gordon is is sitting at twenty. That sounds about right to me. Plenty of games where they've actually both been valuable as rb2s i mean i've been kind of riding melvin gordon in on a dynasty team that um is a little thin at running back and he's been great um i i I think that so from a dfs perspective javante williams is going to be really popular and i don't think he should be um just because melvin gordon is going to come back and I, i mean i don't think that i don't think that javante williams stole the job i don't i don't think i don't think uh melvin gordon got wally pipped you know (laughs) I don't think they'll stop using Gordon. I do think it'll be more of a split in favor of Williams than we have seen in the past. In the past, it was like pretty clear 50-50. I think now we're going to start seeing 60-40, 65-35. And that's all Javante needs is if he starts scoring touchdowns, we said all year, 
he has the workload. He has the talent. He has the yards even at times, the passing work. He just hasn't scored. So if they start using him on the goal line, where last week he showed he can easily do it, even though he, we all know he could from the beginning, I think this is where we can start seeing that split start to happen. I completely agree that Melvin Gordon's not going away, uh, and he will limit it, his upside. They are playing Detroit, and Detroit exactly. has literally nobody. They're, yeah. They are a – they are an expansion level team if they're lucky at this point. So I honestly like would not surprise me if we get a big game out of Javante Williams and um, and Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, I mean yeah. you did you do say Javante Williams kind of proved he could be. I mean he didn't really score a rushing touchdown last week. No, but no. he still got it down through the air, which was right on the goal line. It was the same type of you know, <laughs> contact thing. And God, we know we saw in a week like week twelve against the Chargers, he ran right through him. It's I I I'm puzzled on why he's not used there. But he's their own Vic Fangio. Do what you want to do. You're coaching for your life, and I think that factors in. He's coaching for his life. He's going to play who he thinks he's going to get him to win. And honestly, I they have to start getting Javante the ball more. I I really do think that last week was a bit of a switch. We see it in the second half with rookies all the time. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, I think the reason why he's so popular with the coaching staff is because he's good in pass protection. That's usually what it boils down to with why these uh, vets stick around. Um, when we have like an obviously like fresher legs, better just talent in general right now at this point in their careers, Javante Williams, but he's still probably figuring out like the ins and outs of an NFL offense. So you got to keep that in mind as well. So when we, we touched on this briefly too with uh, David Johnson out with the COVID. Uh, we're still leaving Rex Burkhead down here in RB3 purgatory, correct? It's tough. I've, I'm still I'm still wrestling with that one a little bit. I'd probably move him I'd probably move him ahead of Devin Singletary into the RB2 range, honestly. I was going to say the same thing. I might also be bumping Ty Johnson up a little bit personally in full PPR leagues um, just because of the volume he should see with a lot more and Corey Davis out. Um, and Jeff Wilson might be look, worth a look as well, given he's most likely the 1A, but you never know how it runs out in uh, San Fran. But I, I would play I'd play Rex Burkhead, who might be on your wire right now over mm-hmm. most of the – I'm surprised Singletary is as high as he is. He terrifies me. As much as a Singletary guy, I want to be. Yeah, Singletary is not a great, not a great play this week. Um, it is interesting that Jamichael Hasty and Jeff Wilson don't really project all that well. Um, this is post um, Eli Mitchell news as well. Um, it just seems like the spreadsheets, the numbers, kind of think that uh, one that maybe that game shoots out a little bit, and there's going to be more passing work. Um, and two, uh, Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty might not be uh, Kyle Shanahan's favorite players, and he's like very much like a favorite. Like, like he likes his guys. Uh, Debo Samuel is active today um, as well, and he could steal three to four rushes. I'm, I mean, I get the sense that he's going to come back and just just plug back in. Like, I don't know that I don't know that they're going to ease him back in today. Absolutely. So good segue. Uh, we'll go to commercial here. We'll come back. We'll talk a little. Um, who's up, who's down, inactives. We'll jump into wide receivers, and then uh, we'll take us home with rapid fire and questions. Bad Boys Pizza isn't hard to find. Now serving in three different locations, Moline, Davenport, and downtown Davenport at River Music Experience. 
Their restaurant and bar stays open late, not only on weekends, but weekdays too. Bad Boy specializes in Quad City style pizza and daily specials, so be sure to keep an eye out for those. They also offer food carryout and pizza delivery options at your convenience. They have a full bar at all three locations with 24 taps in Moline, 32 taps in Davenport, and 20 taps in downtown Davenport. They also host exciting events such as Quad City Storm Parties, NFL Sunday Ticket Giveaways, and other sports viewing parties. Bad Boys always has the coldest beer and the atmosphere is always welcoming. For great people, drinks, and Quad City style pizza, choose Bad Boys. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street in Moline, Clinch Draft House Pizza and Grill is home of some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sundays, there's no better place to be. Clint is serving up 75-cent wings and $4 Bloody Marys all day. And your favorite team playing in those out-of-market games? You'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and bloody fix, finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous Quad City-style pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC-style pies for the last 22 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill, 7th Street in Moline. Who doesn't need a solid handcuff on their fantasy squad? Grab a bite to eat at Clint's Draft House while watching the noon games. Then head on over across the Moline Rock Island border to the corner tap for some libations during the 3 o'clock games. Every Sunday is fun day at the corner with $3 Tall Boys, Bloody Marys, Jack Daniels, and $2 PBR drafts. Head, in, head into the corner tap, 4018 14th Avenue, Rock Island, and get into the end zone. So, boys, let me ask you this before we get into any to the inactives. Do you guys have any leagues that are, that are in the playoffs this week? Nope, none none for me. Nope, not on my end as well. I mean, what are your thoughts? I know that – what was that, Scully? I was going to say how it's, it's how it should be. I think we added a week to the year, and then we just bumped everything a week back. I support those. I, I, I thought it was interesting to have maybe a two-week championship leg, but I got shut down in both my leagues about that. I had gotten uh, – because we're in the situation where we're kind of looking for, um, like, rule changes going into the next next season. And one of our our managers in our league had suggested doing a 11-week – like, 11-week regular season where you play each team, and then each round is two weeks. And I don't hate it, but I don't like it because – Especially that might work in redraft, but I don't think that works in dynasty because you're setting up your team for a long term. And if you have half your team out, you know, weeks 12 and 13, you know, you were not really deciding whose team is the best. We're kind of deciding who got the luckiest on buys. In my opinion, I might be wrong. Probably. Am. My bad. You here. In our ESPN league that we're all in, um, for four for fantasy's sake, I am second in points four, second in points four, but I am most in points again, and I've missed out on the playoffs. I missed out on it as of like two weeks ago. So there's I, I, what I, I, I like to have the sixth spot if we're doing a 12-man league. I like to have that sixth spot go to the person with the most points for. I think it's a good balance of you still get the one through five of record, but that six goes through the most points four of the rest. The most, the most points for of everybody remaining, is that what you said? Of 6 to 12. So okay. 6 seed could have the most points for, and that could work, but maybe the 9 seed has the most points for. Like my okay. first year of my home dynasty league, 
the team with the team in that six seed who got in only because of the points for because the their points against schedule was just so unfair. They made it oh. to the finals. They were five points away from beating uh, plug plug and just won that one. But yeah, though I in my my home league I've won something like I don't know six of eight titles and the only year I didn't win the title it's because I didn't make the playoffs and I went seven and six scored the most points in the league and, and missed the playoffs so all right so inactives before uh, we get to wide receivers um, Cowboys only guy fantasy relevant here is uh, Tony Pollard uh, they've got their all their offensive line back um, Washington no JD McKissick uh, no Antonio Gandy Golden and I'm only going to say this guy because I want to say his name. Uh, no corn elder. He's a he's a cornerback. Uh, the Jags. I mean, is there anybody fantasy relevant? Period. Uh, no Brandon Linder. No Jacob Hollister. Uh, for the Titans, nobody really. Uh, AJ Brown's still out, but nobody ruled inactive. Um, that's a fantasy relevance. The Seahawks. Uh, Travis Homer's out. He had that big. Special teams touchdown, but you weren't really playing him anyway. Uh, Texans, obviously, no uh, Deshaun Watson. Hey, tight end uh, Jeff Driscoll, he's not listed here. I don't know if he's active or got cut. What happened here? Uh, tight end Jeff, Jeff Driscoll, um, low-key, low-key thick, uh, that that man. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're not listing Jeff Driscoll until we actually see him on the field and catching a pass. So uh, The Raiders, as we know, no Waller, uh, no Denzel Perryman. That's a, an impactful. No Carl Nassib. Uh, the Chiefs, as we talked before, no Legereus Need. And I want to say this guy's name, too. Um, the Chiefs are without cornerback, who they just elevated yesterday, but they're without DiCaprio Boodle. That's a fun name. Wow. Fantastic. And, and then Fantastic. the other name, no offensive tackle, Prince Tega Wahugo. Mm. Um, Saints, what's up? I'm just jealous of these names. Saints, no Ryan Ramchak. Uh, Jets, no Tevin Coleman. They're without both Michael Carter Jr. and Michael Carter II. Uh, Falcons, no Josh Rosen. Nobody cares. Uh, nobody big time for the Panthers as well. Ravens, no Jimmy Smith, no Patrick Ricard, no Miles Boykin. Uh, Browns, no Greg Newsome, no Ronnie Harrison, no Harrison Bryant. That's it for the noon games. So let's talk about wide receivers because nobody cares who's playing and not playing anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on. Hold on one second. If I'm not mistaken, uh, and it might have already been mentioned, but Najoku's on the cover list as well. Harrison Bryant's out. Austin yes. Hooper's the wolf in – Cleveland right now. I think you could play him in a pinch. I'll, I'll throw say, that up. Would you say that uh, Austin Hooper's home alone in the tight end room? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, dude. He's, he's home alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fair point. He's definitely home alone. Uh, while you guys are we're, we're discussing the inactives and stuff, I'm, I'm locking Rex Burkhead into every lineup that I can, which, I mean, <laughs> here we are, week 14. Yeah, that's week that's... fourteen. You may need to win to make the playoffs, and we're 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 firing up Rex Burkhead. Yes, we are. So, I guess the guy, and I know again, we're we're moving all Twitter impacts, all mental impacts here. The machine spit out T. Higgins as a wide receiver one this week. Let's go. Let's talk about T. Higgins. 
I mean, he's he's getting the most targets uh, on that team. Jamar Chase is still projecting ahead of him. Um, right. Jamar Chase really broke a lot of hearts by not only <laughs> dropping that ball, but it turning into an interception, which, I mean, that was a turning point in that game in the sense that, I mean, that's what kind of helped it become a blowout and then kind of shut everything down from there. Right. Um, but – yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big T Higgins guy um, on 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 DraftKings. Like you get you get some salary savings with him. He's not popular. Um, I'm I'm kind of warming up to a little bit of a, a double stack here with Joe Burrow because I think people are worried about his pinky, um, but I think he's fine. Dude, watching that game last week and watching him even hand off the ball was pretty excruciating. Yeah, yeah. What are we, what are we really, I mean, Hunter Renfro, wide receiver seven, is this just a pure volume ranking or? He's good. People okay. don't want to admit it, but he's good. He's got a receding hairline at uh, like 27 years old. But I mean, 25. this guy, this guy, like you watch him play. Here's, here's a tape. Here's a tape take. You watch him play. He fights for every single yard. Like he catches a, a three yard comeback and then he gets five yards out of it, you know, like every single time. Um, if they're going to score, it's, it's likely coming through him or Josh Jacobs. So big Hunter Renfro guy this week. Yeah. He's seen nine or more targets in all the one game since his week eight bye. he's a, he's got all the targets and all the receptions you could want. He's been turning it into yards recently. He's been, you know, stretching that field a little bit and running after the catch. He's, he's a, like, like Nick just said, he's a hard worker. He's fun to watch. He's great in short yard situations. And, I mean, Derek Carr only has eyes for him. So, nothing's going to change here. Casey's a good matchup. Line him up. The league reference here, uh, is he a gym rat? Yeah, he's a gym rat. He's a, he's a lunch pail guy. First in, last out. You know, all that stuff that we say about these uh, white slot receivers. Got those down, yeah. So, uh, DK Metcalf here. Um, he's kind of struggled the last few weeks. Uh what's your reaction to the to to the sims popping him out here at 15 two words air yards he's getting them it's, we're gonna cash it we're gonna cash in eventually i don't know if anyone plays poker or follows poker there's this term uh sklansky bucks um which is basically unrealized profits based off of good decision making someone's gonna win a lot of money playing dk Metcalf one of these weeks uh mm-hmm. and i don't i mean against houston i can see it i can see it I know you'd mentioned in DFS or in, and in the running back segment, and I wanted to talk a little bit more here, and that's why I kind of cut you off and went to commercial. Um, let's talk a little Debo. It's just like he's projecting. Since he's come back in, he's he's projecting well. Um, I feel like he might, this might even be a low projection. Like I think that we could say him finish in that wide receiver one. What was it, a groin injury? They didn't put him on IR. Was- yeah, just I missed think he's one. Fine. Yeah, I mean, Debo Samuel is the guy when he's on the field, they find a way to give him the ball. And I think we saw we saw with the Rams, we've seen with the Rams of how important guys like Debo Samuel, Robert Woods injury, how important he is to the offense. Like Debo Samuel go well, the foreigners go as Debo Samuel goes because he can do anything on the field and he keeps the defense guessing. He missed a week and Are he's still the wide receiver. The rest of this the show. Yeah, I hope so. Using- Right. <laughs> We're just wearing Sakuli out right now. <laughs> fine, I have I have my jacket on that you guys all relentlessly made fun of, but that's fine. I I don't hold grudges here in Connecticut. 
I don't. But what I do hold is Debo Samuel shares right in my lineup because he's going to be amazing. He missed a week. He's still the wide receiver three. And you're playing him because he's that good. Now that now that we don't have Doug and Chris here to, to fawn over this guy, I need a legitimate reaction about Darnell Mooney. I mean, I guess I guess you can I mean he's projecting better than Mike Williams, which seems wrong. Um yeah, that's Darnell Mooney. Oh, we're not playing Darnell Mooney. Justin Fields is playing this week. We're not playing Darnell Mooney. The question is, who does who's Jairi Alexander following? Is he going to follow Allen Robinson's first game back, or does he follow Darnell Mooney? I think a lot of people are assuming it's going to be Allen Robinson, but I wouldn't be so sure because there's 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 points allowed here, but just not to Jairi. It's absolutely it's absolutely going to be um, Darnell Robinson. Oh, no. Mooney. Yeah. So in in Fields' last start against the Ravens, uh, Darnell Mooney saw sixteen targets. So, <laughs> So, so Justin Fields is tossing the ball that way. That's why, that's why the Sims love him so much, honestly. Yes. And they're down on Mike Williams just because, like, all year he's got this high A dot and uh, low target numbers. Like, I mean, the, the, that's an instance where, like, I, I, like personally I go in and, and kind of change some things for Mike Williams. Like, Mike Williams is a wide receiver one this week. Yeah. Yeah, Amari Cooper is coming in low. That's what I was going to say. What, what were our thoughts with uh... – Cooper coming that that low. It just feels like a it feels like a kind of like the same spot they were in week one against Tampa Bay. Obviously, Washington's not nearly as good of a defense. Um, everyone thought they were coming into the year, but they they can stop the run, even though they're a little banged up on defense. Um, and I think that they're gonna be able to at home um compete enough where the the Cowboys are gonna have to air it out. Zeke's banged up, Pollard's out. I just think the off it just sets up as as the the offense is gonna kind of flow through the pass game and whenever that happens with the Cowboys, like all these all these Cowboys receivers can go off. It screams Amari. It really does. Yeah. My biggest question on this screen, and and I love being asked this myself, if if you're looking at the twelve guys here, which one of them is most likely to finish in the top twelve at wide receiver? I mean, I think Amari Cooper's the obvious answer that I stand by wholeheartedly. But if I took out the obvious answer, I'd go Jerry Judy in another plus matchup. I mean, he's still seeing the targets that we wanted him to. And it's just that it hasn't totally come together. And I think they've been running the ball a lot. I don't think that changes. But Jerry Judy can always rip off a long ball. Um, and I also would be surprised if Van Jefferson and Julio Jones made that jump as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really in on Van Jefferson, but we didn't uh, list half of them, Sicoli, and say yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, I, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plant, I'm gonna flag, I'm gonna flag plant. Cooper. I was trying to. Challenge okay, myself. so you're planting Amari Cooper. I'm planting Julio Jones. He's not dead yet. I'm gonna say I'm 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 gonna say uh, Kirk or Van Jefferson. Wow. Okay. One of one of them's gonna get lost. Somebody's gonna forget to cover one of those two guys, and they're gonna end up scoring some some tutters. The answer is none of them. That's why none of them are on that list, and they're down here. Yeah, yeah. So, boys, last commercial break. On the other side, we're gonna talk a little questions and rapid fires and 
see our way out of here. All right. Serving the Quatsies area since 1872, Frick's Tap is always the, a great choice for your Sunday fun day activities. We only know it's 1872 because that's roughly the same year Doug was born. Iowa's second oldest bar is guaranteed to have your favorite team on one of their 13 TV screens with NFL Sunday ticket. Get in, get on into Frick's now where they will be joined by Smoked Out Smokehouse every Sunday. And boy, does that menu look great. Barbecue, smoked ribs, pork chops, wings, you name it, you can get it during your football game over at Frick's. So for Frick's sake, head into Frick's Tap, 1402 West 3rd Street, Davenport. And that's the world's quickest commercial break because I read the other commercial last time. So Let's we've go. got our questions. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. Our cousin Bo wants to know, pick two, non-PPR. Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson. Ooh, good problem to have. Uh, I'm going uh, Lenny and Antonio Gibson. That's what I'm going as well. Just because Kareem Hunt's back. So um, you're muted, Mike. Very good <laughs> luck. You'd think two years of you know COVID and online learning would get me to, to check that beforehand, but. Uh, I, I tend to look where you guys do, and I never bench Chubb, but I would I play Gibson and uh, Fournette over him. Oh, that feels wrong. So as good as that that lineup looks, he also wants to know, in PPR, he needs to start one. LaVisca Chenault, Tajay Sharp, or Demarcus Robinson? Oh, the cost. Oh, the cost of having those running backs. Oh, that's tough. I don't think it's the same league. I think that it just he has one league with awesome receivers and one league. Allow me, allow me to dream, Deej, that this <laughs> team has the best running backs ever and the worst receivers ever. So what was it? Tajay Sharp, uh, LaVisca Chenault, and Demarcus Robinson. Oh, God. I think it has to be Visca, right? I mean, I think it has to be Visca. In terms yeah, of I'm sp- going LaVisca there. Demarcus Robinson doesn't even really pop up in my projections, really. Uh, Byron Pringle is the guy that the numbers like more than Robinson, which is the bullets is it's not good. That the Chiefs need to figure out this wide receiver two situation. Can you get can you can you do you have any any influence over there in the quad cities? Well, the wide receiver two is Travis Kelsey, but yeah, yeah, they need they need something else. Speaking of Travis Kelsey, non PPR pick two, Stefan Diggs, Debo Samuel, Travis Kelsey. Non PPR, non PPR. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going Diggs and Kelsey. Just, I mean, Debo D- has the chance to not have a full role today. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, same way. I don't I'm believe too. that, but like that, it's it's a factor. And when you have that decision to make, then I think that's the the tiebreaker. Yep, completely Jake agree. Scudder, Jake Scudder wants to know Amari Cooper or Darnell Mooney. Oh, Cooper, all day. Cooper. Even yeah, even though our rankings may say otherwise, I I, I told him Mooney. I think I think that the the tar- targets are there. Okay. Adrian Warren wants to know Jamar Jefferson or Austin Walter. Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, just because he has a higher chance of catching passes. Go there. go see if Rex Burkhead's on the wire. That's the answer to that question. Yeah, agreed. We're All tired. right, Jordan Rangel wants to know Julio Jones or Cole Beasley. Depends on what you want. It's easy for us to say that, but like if you want a floor, play Cole Beasley. If you want a ceiling, play Julio Jones. But 
I tend to play for ceiling, so I'd probably play Julio Jones. Yeah, I think the right call there is Beasley, honestly, in a head-to-head season-long thing. Like, I'm not really playing Beasley a whole lot in DFS, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm electing to go with Julio there. But in a, in a redraft league, head-to-head, I'd go Beasley. Uh, Jordan also wants to know, Javison Crowder or Van Jefferson? Van Jefferson for me. Agreed. I, 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 I don't know if you guys caught that heartwarming moment between him and Sean McVay last week. Where he's like, thanks for believing me, coach, after he scored a touchdown. So I'm, I love Van Jefferson. I think yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ride Van Jefferson. Yeah, I like him too. Van Jefferson is on my roster in the league that I'm playing in the playoffs this week. So let's go. I am. So, Cole, if you're familiar, I don't know. Nick got to hear it. Don't know if you're familiar with the league. I'm in the playoffs this weekend. It, it, it's called Scott Fishbowl. Oh, yeah, of course I am. I might be familiar because <laughs> we got big time DJ over here. That's all. Jordan also wants to know Dontrell Hilliard, Cortland Sutton, or Damian Williams in the flex. I'm going oh, Hilliard. Hilliard. Yeah, definitely Hilliard. Jordan also wants to know. Jamar Chase or Mike Evans in the flex? He's already start. He already has played Jefferson and Deontay Johnson this week. So he's humble bragging that he's loaded at wide receiver. And I'm saying Jamar Chase. Yeah, you got to play Jamar Chase. Yeah, not going to argue there. Jordan also wants to know Dante Foreman or Melvin Gordon the third. Foreman. I'm confidently throwing Foreman against there and against the Jags right now. Yeah, Foreman. I like Foreman. Pick three: Godwin, Hopkins, Chase, Mike Williams, and he's already played Justin Jefferson. Godwin, Hopkins, Chase, Mike Williams, and he played Justin Jefferson. That's an important. Yeah, copy he's of. also humble bragging at wide receiver in this. Jesus, as well. what are these teams? I need to get in these leagues. <laughs> I'm gonna say Godwin, Chase, and Mike Williams. I'd say sit Hopkins. I'd sit Hopkins against – he's going against Ramsey. That's you – know, I mean, Hopkins will be fine because Hopkins is Hopkins. Yeah. But Jim a real factor. God, I, definitely Godwin, Jason Williams. Yeah. He needs a tight end streamer in four leagues because he has Darren Waller. Cooper, uh, Moreau, Seals-Jones, or Evan Ingram. Or, or somebody not listed, I guess. Uh, probably Hooper. Yep, Hooper. I'm going to be burned by Foster Moreau. And then his last question here, he's in the semis this week. His league's 18, eight of 16, half, half the league made the playoffs, eight of 16, and they started the playoffs this week. He has – I want to non-misquote him here. Okay, well, in the question, he told me he has Jonathan Taylor out – and DeAndre Swift hurt, so he needs to fill both running back spots here. And the best options for him are, I already told him Rex Burkhead, not available on a team. So his best options are Amir Abdullah, Rashad Penny, Zach Moss, or Carlos Hyde. Oof. Uh, uh, Abdullah and um, Penny. Uh, Abdullah and Penny. Yeah, I, I've heard I've heard some good things about Penny. I was gonna I was all prepared to make a little argument about him real quick, but you know, Pete Carroll says he's gonna be a big part of the offense, guys. Pete Carroll's a liar. How about that? 
but I mean, yeah, it's, I, I mean, given the options there, I mean, yep. you gotta, you gotta take a shot on Penny. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. All right. So rapid fire time. You ready boys? Let's get it. I'll, I'll try not to like, explain my takes rapid fire. Yeah. Harry McLaurin over under 61 and a half receiving yards. Over. Over. Over for me as well. Alvin Kamara over under 108.5 total yards. Over. Under. Don't think they need him. Over. Better bet. Dontrell Hilliard over 44 and a half or Dante Foreman over 63 and a half. Hilliard. Foreman over. DK Metcalf over under 59 and a half receiving yards. Over. Let's go. Yes, agree. <laughs> DK Metcalf to the moon. <laughs> Top scoring week 14 quarterback. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, God. Oh, Tom no. Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. I don't want to be on original. Tom Brady. Now, I, I want to redact my Lamar Jackson. I don't know why I said that. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> Redacted. Kyle Pitts over under 40 and a half receiving yards. Over. It's got to be over one of these days. Oh. Over. Nick Chubb over under 68 and a half rushing yards. Over. over. I'm Thank taking you. all these overs. I don't bet this way, everybody. Just so you, don't so you know. <laughs> Evan Ingram over under 31 and a half receiving yards. Against under. the new show doc. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, under. Under, under, yeah, if, under, under, you... under. I'll take an under on Evan Ingram all day. I love. I, I have an irrational love for Evan Ingram. I know. <laughs> One of these days he's going to hit. Better bet Jared Goff over 207 passing yards or Teddy Bridgewater over 228? Teddy. Teddy. Top week 14 running back. Austin Eckler for me. Uh, mine is Antonio Gibson. I was going to say Gibson. I don't want to repeat myself twice now. It's okay. But, ah, it's yeah, okay. It, it was going to be my pick. I don't think you bench Gibson. Jeff Wilson Jr., over under 59 and a half rushing yards. Over. Under. Oh. Josh Allen, over under 296 and a half passing yards. Double it. Over. Double it. Yeah. Gonna set, he's gonna set the record for single single game. <laughs> I'll say over, but slightly. I'll, I'll say just over. I think that pass rush is gonna get to him. Top week top week 14 scoring wide receiver, and why is it Tyreek Hill? Sorry, I I I, I oh you're saying it's Tyreek Hill because it's not gonna be Tyreek Hill. Um I'll go see you, Lamb. Or uh, you know what? I'm going to go total crapshoot. I think this is the Amari Cooper week. I really do. Wow. I love that. I nope, love nope. that. And Devontae Adams. Amari Cooper's right there, though. Devontae <laughs> Adams. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is supposed to be rapid fire. Give me a second here. Uh, let me look at this. Let me look at this. Uh, I don't want to say Tyreek. Um, let's go with uh, Devontae. Devontae Adams. Darnell Mooney over under 44 and a half receiving yards. Under. Over. Top week 14 
tight end. And why is it Foster Moreau? It's not not Foster Moreau. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say Gronk. Yeah, I don't. Evan Ingram for me. Evan Ingram. God. If you hit that, good for you. Hunter Renfro over under six and a half receptions. Over. 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 I agreed. Odell Beckham over under 40 and 45 and a half receiving yards. I probably would bet the under. I wouldn't touch it, but I would take the under. Best Christmas cartoon movie. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown Christmas. Does the Grinch count as a cartoon? Oh, yeah. The original Grinch, though. Oh. Yeah, like uh, not the Jim Carrey Grinch. The most recent one would count, but I would okay. call there's people in the Jim Carrey Grinch. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of – oh, Polar Express, does that count? Yeah. I'm it's a big a Polar solid, Express guy. Solid film if you're 12. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. The original, the original Grinch for me. Okay. And the final uh, rapid fire, best live action Christmas movie. Oh, now we're talking. Elf. Elf. Wow. Elf, Elf is a is a call. Mine's um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I'm not a big Christmas movie guy. Sorry, everybody. Um, I hate everything about Christmas except for the movies. So Okay. Uh, Elf. That needs some Christmas spirit. Both yeah. Of yeah, I'm a big Elf guy. I'll... I'll, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll that's how the uh, the sleigh flies in Elf, right? Christmas spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick, Nick and I are keeping the keeping Santa sleigh from flying. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, for Home Alone, Michael, and Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon, obviously, and the first Home mm-hmm. Alone, because everything after that kind of kind of stinks. I'm DJ. Check these boys out uh, tomorrow evening around 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. Uh, I'd like to figure out your Pacific time here, maybe like 5 p.m. No, 4, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. If you're if you're watching in Hawaii, that's roughly 2.30 p.m. Um, they'll, be, they'll be live with Monday Night Hammer. We'll, of course, be back next week um, for Mobile Party Experience, you know. Thanks for joining us here today. Good luck. Uh, and since Brian's not here, good luck in your matchups this week. And we'll see you next week. Except, you know, obviously, like I said, the boys All will right. be back tomorrow. All right. Bye, everybody.